Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. going to talk about standing in agreement, but we must acknowledge the day that is today, which is 9-11. Yeah. Never forget, right? Never, never forget. I know some of y'all are young. It's been 21 years ago. Can you remember where you were? I was in fourth grade. I was in Miss Haberline's class when it happened, and we went into Miss Blank's class to watch the news. And I remember parents coming to get their kids. I remember it being hectic. And I remember even as a fourth grader thinking the Lord was coming back. Anyone else? Not, not knowing what's happening. It's, it's all chaotic. And then there were people that were going to go from that 2001 day and that they were going to give their lives to protect us. They were going to give their lives to try to rescue people from that day on. And we're thankful for that. We're thankful for all the warriors. Amen? Amen. I remember being afraid, though. I remember being a kid and being afraid. I was a scaredy cat, as we've shared before. But I remember having in my head that there were going to be people with AK-47s. I'm just being honest. Come into... My house, I just remember that, thinking that, being afraid, but I'm thankful for the protection for some. And I don't want to forget it. The one thing I also remember is that days after the churches were full. Remember what Pastor Tim said last week? Sometimes we don't care about some of the verses until it hits you right in the face. Till hell is at your door. And then we better come together. This is a message, for some of you, I don't mean to insult your intelligence, this is a message to affirm some where they are. Confirm some that you want to stand in agreement. That you don't want to choose a side, you want to stand in the middle with his side on on his team. And, and we want to stand in agreement. We don't want to fall prey to the enemy's schemes and division. For a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. And there was a moment in 2001 where we saw, even for a glimpse, the power of us coming together against a common enemy. And the enemy's never been a person. It's never been flesh and blood. It's always been the one in the, in the depths in the abyss, where he belongs, in the pit. That is the enemy. And church, when we, when we lose sight that he is the enemy, when we lose sight that the enemy can speak to, to you and speak to me and cause dishonor, skepticism, dissension, discord, fear, whatever you want to call it, things not of God... If we're not careful, it can be like a poison that comes and infiltrates the church and 
splits bodies and splits people apart. Because the pastor said this or did this. And, and, and as soon as the enemy finds something that triggered, are we not a triggered culture? As soon as someone says something that triggers, we draw the line and we cut the, cut the person out of our group. And by the end of our lives, we have a circle of me, myself, and I. You're 80 years old and you have no one because you've cut everyone out of your life. Anybody that's offended you, anybody that's came against you, and you've missed the whole point of your life is to love and to love others. The whole point is to live your life according to the kingdom of God, what Jesus wants you to do. And you can't do that alone. You can't do that by yourself. And Jesus showed us the greatest model of all time, that at the end of your life, Jesus would spread his arms wide and draw the biggest circle of all time and say, whosoever will, come. Whosoever will. Come, Jew, Gentile, slave, free, black, white, Asian, whatever. Whosoever will come. And I want to be a church and I want to be a people. And it starts with me, doesn't it? Can you say it starts with me? We've been talking about heart and soul. It, it starts with the individual, but it's got to go beyond the individual. It can't just start with you and stay with you. You understand what I'm saying? What God has given us to steward, the responsibilities we have, the accountability we're supposed to have, it, can, it can't be, Christianity can't be an individualist type idea, right? It's got to be your relationship. You have to respond. I can't, be, I can't save you. It's got to be your decision with the Lord. But after that, it becomes a... Where two or three, it becomes an assembly, it becomes community, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And I'm telling you, I, I want us, number one, if I have time, I want us to come out of agreement with some of the things we've came into in our own lives and allow that out of agreement into agreement with the things of God to infiltrate our relationships so that we can come into agreement with one another. Even when our preferences don't line up. Even when you don't look the same as me, you don't have the same gifts as me, you don't have the, the same personality as me. But to allow that, I, I, I'm believing in you, Lord. I'm, this, is, this is where I agree. This is my agreement with the Lord. This is, what do we call this? A covenant. A covenant is an agreement. It's an allegiance. It's a promise. And this is where I want to stay in my own life, in agreement with him. And allow this agreement with him to be so secure and so steady that at all costs I stand in agreement with his church as well, with his bride as well. And I don't talk bad about his bride and I don't spread rumors about his bride. Come on. The bride's walking down the aisle before the king. I'm not going to be the one on the side saying she don't look pretty. The groom might have it out for me. Come on, somebody. I hope you get it. I hope you get it. it's a little bit deeper than what I'm, yeah. So 9-11, what a time to talk about Unity, the power of unity. Lord, help us to stand 
in agreement. Matthew chapter 24 verse 35 says this. It says heaven and earth. It says this. (laughs) Heaven and earth. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words, but my words, but my agreement, my covenant with you, my agreement, my promise will never pass away. The Logos, come on. And the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus. It's the same Word, the Logos. Heaven and earth, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. It will, it will pass away. But my words, you can hang your hat on it, brother. You can hang your hat on it, sister. Believe in His Word today. He said it. It is done. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive and active, and it pierces, it teaches us, it transforms us, it changes us, and molds us. I thank you for this opportunity that I can use words by the power of your spirit, God, that we can put words in a specific way that will be powerful and alive and speak to people that can actually transform the neurons in our mind, that can actually change the way we think, which in turn changes the way we live, which changes who we are. <laughs> and so we got, God, we say amen. amen. I'm still praying. We say, <laughs> we say amen. We say amen. You can say amen, but we say amen. That means let it be as you said. We say amen to what you want to say, to what you want to do, and may you get the glory. Say you get the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Stand in agreement. Stand in agreement. Stand in agreement. Matthew chapter 18. Are you there? We're going to have a good time together and I need to hear you. I need to hear your response. I need to hear if it's good. I need to hear if it's bad. I need, (laughs) I want to hear from you. I want you to give the Lord praise if you feel it in the inside of your soul bubbling up. I don't want to restrict that. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit in your life. This is still worship. To me, this is worship. The Bible honoring the Lord with his goodness and his grace, acknowledging him, uh, giving him worth. This This is worship. So don't stop your worship and don't let me get in the way. Matthew chapter 18 verse 15. We probably know this. If you've been in the church, you've probably heard heard this. Um, This is Jesus talking. He says this to his disciples and the people around. If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. Which is the goal, right? Is to win your brother. When when he's caught, it's not to catch him in that and then to be right. Your goal is to win your brother. 
We don't want to lose anybody. Jesus is praying to the Lord and he tells him, Thank you, Father, that I have not lost any that you've given to me. This might be slow, but think about it. You have won your brother. You have won your brother. But if you won't listen, take one or two. Everyone say one or two. Come on, that was weak. One or two. One or two others with you. So that by the, this is important now. Don't, don't get caught off. Don't just take yourself to that content. I want you to just take each word that Jesus says and I want you to be slow with it. So that by the, the testimony, NASB, so by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. Is that the version we have? So that every fact, which is rhema, okay? Remember I said that his words will never pass away? That word is logos. It's the same word John uses in John chapter 1. It's the word of God is the logos, which, which means a word uttered by the living voice. The logos is the word uttered by the living voice. This word fact is actually rhema, and that which is or has been uttered by the living voice. So, in essence, so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, everything that's been uttered by the word, anything, everything that's been uttered by the logos may be established. By how many? Two or, two or three. And, and this will shed light when we, when we go down farther, and then you'll be able to return back to it. If you won't listen, take one or two others with you, so that by the testimony, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word that the Logos said, every fact may be established. And the NASB says confirmed. So that, take two or three, so that everything that the Logos, the word spoke, will be established and confirmed. This is how? By, by two or three. If he doesn't pay attention to them, make your circle bigger. Tell it to the church. If he doesn't pay attention even to the church, let him be like a Gentile and a tax collector. Which those people aren't too gone. You just can't be in agreement with them. So there's those who you're called to be in agreement with, and then there's those that... They're not too far gone. Gentile and tax collector. I think Jesus put a tax collector on his team. And Jesus went and talked to them. But I just, let's, let's just be a little bit slower with the scripture. Let him be like a Gentile and a tax collector with you. In other words, they, let's, let's just, I can't be in agreement with them, okay? I can't. We, we, did, we did our due diligence in what the Lord told us to do. And then I just can't be in agreement. Then he says this, which I want you to think about. This is just the next verse. I'm not skipping to another passage or another excerpt. I'm just, this is the next verse. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth, think of this in the context of the two or three witnesses, will have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, everyone say agree, about any matter that you pray for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among them. I am there among them. 
by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Every word from God by the test. How important is standing in agreement? How important is standing in agreement? Truly, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about any matter that you pray for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. How many areas have we taken the shortcut of the enemy and allowed to divide so that we can't receive? That, 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 there, there could be people that God's considering the two and three for your life. That something happened thing happens, someone listened to a lie, you listened to a lie, I listened to a lie, and allow division to happen. And, and we're praying, and we're seeking, and we're wondering why things aren't happening. When we can't live with our brother, and we, and we can't have conversation with our sister, and we can't agree on anything. Society today, this is the most divided I've ever seen our society. We can't agree on anything. Can, can we? Well, I mean, are you supposed to brush your teeth? I think we can agree on that. Someone probably in here says, no, something. I don't know. Like, I just, I just feel like there's such division. And, and what, does, what does this mean? Like, I'm struggling with this. I've been praying over this with the Lord. What does it mean that where two or three are gathered, there he is? Y'all going to get... <laughs> Watch out, Bobby. So, where, where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus said in the NASB, the exact translation, he said, I am in the midst like when we're, we're leading worship and talking, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that the Lord is here, that the Lord is in the midst. He's in the midst. What, what would you do if Jesus was in the midst? How would you worship? How would you talk? How would you act? I, I'm in the midst. Where two or three are, Jesus, I ain't no Jesus, but... Jesus is in the midst. He's in the midst. He's in the midst. Are, are you sick? Are you bound? Do you need deliverance? Do you need freedom? Do you need help? If only I could touch the hem. Well, Jesus is in the midst of the gathering. Let me come to this side. Because he's not just over that side. Jesus is in the midst. The one with your healing. The one with your, your strength, your peace, your comfort, your joy. The one with everything you've ever needed. He's in the midst. Where two or three are gathered. He's in the midst. He's here. I don't understand it. But God Almighty is here. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And He's here today if you're in agreement. Somebody be in agreement. Somebody say amen. Because he's not far away. He's not far away. He's right here. 
And, and I, I don't get why Jesus says where two or three are gathered. Why doesn't he just say he's always there? Because he is. He's always there. He can always do it. Why two or three? Because the assembly is so important. The church is so core to his being. It's so core to his heart and his nature. He's the Trinity. He's three in one. It's core to his nature, community, where two or three are gathered, where two or three agree, man. There's power in it. Oh, hallelujah. There's power in it. I want to agree. I want to agree. I want to agree. I don't want to be skeptical or critical. I don't want to have a hard heart. I don't want to have something to say about every person or everything, right? I don't want to blab my mouth. I want to have a rain on my tongue as the word says. For the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I want to stand in agreement with my brothers and sisters. As we used to talk about in, in the church, come out of agreement with those thoughts. Where the enemy speaks and you understand the scheme and the strategy of hell. And you say, I'm not going to agree with this word over my life, over my family, over my church, over my pastor. I'm coming out of agreement. Someone give him praise. Coming out of agreement with it. The enemy speaks to all of us. None of us are exempt. So we must know the word, the Bible says in 1 John, to test the spirits, to see if it's of God and see if it's not. You know, depression, anxiety, fear, doubt, you know it's not of God. God can orchestrate, God can work, but if it's not of God, release it. The Bible says to take every thought captive, arrest it, and make it surrender unto Jesus. Every thought. And we get a million thoughts. We're flooded with a million thoughts. I did a message called You Lied to Me a couple years ago. And it, uh, Craig Grishel's book, Winning the War in Your Mind, it talks about all the negative thoughts you have. How many hours you think negative thoughts a day? And if we're not combating it with the positivity and the optimism and the hopefulness of the Word of God, man, we will be filled with a flood of negative thoughts about ourselves, but it also infiltrates into your family, into your relationships, and into the church. And God wants to pour his spirit out on all flesh. God wants to pour his spirit out on us. On us. Yes, on you. Yes, he speaks your name. Yes, he's got your number, but he wants to do it on the whole, I believe. So, Two or three witnesses, so that every fact may be established. Two or three witnesses. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose, let it loose, will be loosed. Again, if two of you on earth agree about any matter that you pray for, it will be done for you by Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together, I am there. And then you know what Peter says? We've been talking about Peter. Right after, what does Peter say? Then Peter came up, said to him, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I still forgive him? I mean, it's like everything I just said. And then you're like, Dustin, um, I've tried for a while. How many times? It's just like, I just wonder, man. I wonder how Jesus 
kept his cool sometime. Um, and Jesus responded, I do not say up to you seven times, but up to 77 times. Why? Why? Because you want to win your brother. Not win the argument. You want to win your brother. Anybody married know that it's not a win to win an argument. It's not a win to be right. You think, no, the win is the unity, not being right. I just saved somebody. Woo! I saved because, because, because guys, like I'll let you in on something like we're always right, but it doesn't help to always be right. I hope y'all know I'm just kidding. Like, if a woman was up here with the mic, she would have some words. We would have about an hour to go on, on this thing. So, just kidding, man. Uh, trying to help y'all out a little bit. Trying to help you out. It's not a win to be right. It isn't. I know, I know people that live in, in depression, live alone, because they want, it's justified. The way I'm acting, justified. The way I am, it's just, just, okay, you've been hurt. You've been hurt. We all have. You don't know how hurt I've been. And, and you're going to, and, and, and we want to agree on the things of God. And, and, and you're going to back out because someone hurt you. What if, what if God did that with you? Uh, oh, well, well, uh, Dustin didn't give me glory. I'm gone. D um, Dustin didn't believe in me. He denied me in front of them or he was ashamed of me. And it wasn't uh, vocally, but just the way that he didn't say what he needed to say. What if those times or, or of, of sin or not, not listening to him and when you know he's telling you to go this way and you choose that way, what if those times Jesus drew the line with you? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like the, the servant, right? The servant that owes the guy money. Mm -hmm. And then he releases him of his debt. Then he goes to the other one and says, pay me my money. Yeah, y'all know what happens with that. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, make every effort. Make every effort to keep the unity of your preference. Make every effort to keep the unity of your doctrine. Make every, that's not what it says. I'm sorry. Make every effort to keep the unity of all your be kind signs. I'm... To keep the unity of your political party. No, but this thing, what he's talking about, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Make every effort. How many efforts? Every. That's the same as what Jesus is saying. Make every effort. Make every effort to keep the unity. That means in your mind. That means in your heart. That means the stuff you say. That means the sarcasm. I'm serious. Make every effort. You don't realize the little places that the enemy can get in and put seeds and plant seeds. Maybe it's not even you. It was just a joking comment. But in the person that heard it, it went deep down and that's what they stood with. 
Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Make every effort. There is one body. Everyone say one. One body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I know this is simple, but man, we don't do it. And I'll be, I'll be in the front of the line. So what did he do? I'm going to just read this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to, to do the ministry. They're the ministers. Wrong. It's not right. It's not right. They equip the body for ministry. God has given these, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, the ability to equip the body, the people in agreement, built up and established in love by the power of the Holy Spirit, keeping the unity, making every effort to keep the unity, to do the ministry, the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we, re we all reach unity in the faith. Stand in agreement. And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. How? Unity. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, I, I want you to think of this in the context of standing in agreement. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every kind of teaching. And the it, it's, when, it's when you're alone that that happens. It's when you're by yourself that you get tossed back and forth. You feel like the wavering man that James talks about. The double-minded man, unstable in all he does. When you're by yourself, it's easy to get tossed back and forth. But when you have your brothers, there's something about having your brothers, having your sisters, standing in agreement. You won't be swayed. And the deceitful scheming, verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. I've heard, um, what is it? A, uh, some of the most successful people are disagreeable people. Is that true? I, I heard that Jordan Peterson talk about that. Some of the most successful people are disagreeable people. It's like my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Coda, say sorry. No. <laughs> Coda, say please. I don't want to say please. <laughs> I'm like, just say please and I'll give you the lollipop. Nope. Is there, is there any disagreeable people? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Be honest. Yeah. It's, it's a good quality to have. It's a good quality to have. Disagreeable makes you successful. Because you're not, you're not just going to go with the flow. And you know what? I'm, I'm not necessarily telling you to not be that. Like, standing in agreement doesn't mean just being passive and falling in line. It doesn't. But, but at the end of the day, when we all share our opinions, and we all get heated and argue because we care, Right? Yeah. 
once, once you stop arguing as a, as a husband and wife, that's when you should get concerned because that means someone doesn't care. Someone's checked out. Someone's passive. Someone's not addressing things. We argue and we share the way that we feel on purpose because we genuinely care. But when that argument's done, when the debate's done, we can still talk, we can still have relationship, we can still stand in agreement. And that's, that's where the power will be. So I'm not saying for you disagreeable people to just, just fall in line. If only you would fall in line. That's not the case. You should probably stand up more and be more vocal, more, more of a leader. Some people that are disagreeable, you're just not happy with the way things are and you want them to be better. So stand up and use your voice. But when it's all said and done, make every effort, make every effort, make every effort, make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And you can't do this alone. You can't do it alone. I think a lot of kind of the doubt and the lies that we believe is either I can do this alone or the church doesn't want me. And, and there's, a, there's a part for you to play. There's a function for you to have. There's a place where you fit. That's what growth track's about. I'm going to start that in October, fall session. So you can register for that. It'll be in the announcements next week, but that's what it's all about. It's trying to find your gift, your personality, where you fit, where you can serve in the body of Christ. Because there's a place for you. There's a place for you. So let me ask you this as we're kind of closing. Who are you in agreement with? Who are you in agreement with? Is that right? I've only been going 26 minutes. That's good. Are y'all feel all right? Y'all feel fresh, ready to go? All right. I was, I was thinking I was long. Okay. What'd you say, Bobby? Oh, he hopes it don't ever end. All right, I got you. I'll have to bring my notes up from my phone. I got a little bit more notes. Okay. Mm. It won't, I promise. If you're new, it won't go forever. I, I, I promise. We're, get, we're getting close, you know. Don't bail, don't bail, don't bail. Who are you in agreement with? You know, it's, it's, it is 9-11. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't even watch, I, I can't watch war movies. I can't. Can anybody else? Like, I, I feel like I'm not a man because, you know, the men like war movies, and I did as a kid, and Dad watched them, and Gladiator, and We Were Soldiers, and all the, all, what else? What's a good war movie? Someone say it. Save it, Save it in Private Ryan, yeah. <laughs> so I just won't relate, so I'll just bail on this one. I can't, it's just, it's just too real for me, right? It's like, I don't know if it's like I overthink things, but like the, that one guy that dies and you're like, well, did he have a family? Did he have a brother or sister? Did he have a mom and dad? Did he know the Lord? Just that one, and it's like just this random clip that's like a second long, and that's all I think about the rest of the time. And I was reading this book called Extreme Ownership, by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Anybody read that? 
Yeah, that's a really good book. The guy's a beast. The guys are beasts. If I cussed, I would say they're bad or something. But they're... I read that book to make me not feel like a man. <laughs> it's like, these guys are legit. Um, he's had to tell parents of 21-year-olds that their son is the bravest person he's ever been in and jumped on a bomb and rescued our whole company because he jumped on a bomb a second notice, didn't think, didn't hesitate. Because he did that for his family. He did that for the people. He did that for us. In a second. Talking about the ownership. I thought about that relating to the church, man. The ownership. That I would take a bomb for my brother. Man. I mean, this is real. This is real. I'm not... And I want to honor those people, brave people, and people that have been in, in the army and, and the military. Thank you for your service. And there's a story he shares, though, in it. He's in, I think it's 2006, he's in Ramadi, Iraq. This guy named Jocko Willink, is, who wrote this book, is the lieutenant commander of the SEAL operations team. He is an absolute beast. First one in the, on the ground in the most dangerous cities. First one. And he's telling, he's writing the story about it. Extreme ownership is what it's, what it's called. It's pretty cool. Talks about this time where they get in the middle of Ramadi, Iraq. It's, it's the most dangerous place in the world at the time. Ready for war fights. Ready for gunfire. And it's dark, and there's kind of a constant fog, he says. And they get in this building. They get in one of the buildings, and they search it out, make sure everything's okay. Then he comes to find out his, his team's in a firefight. It's legit. They're in a firefight. And the guys are trying to stay composed, and they don't understand because the people on the other side are so talented. And we have the most talented military. It's unbelievable. They are they are amazing. And they don't understand why these guys are giving them a heck of a fight. They're holding up. They're holding up strong. And they're, they're just, all they're trying to do is keep, keep firing, keep firing in the midst of the battle. And then he realizes some things and some coordinates that they hadn't heard from the sniper team. And they haven't heard from the other serial operations team. They haven't established their clearance, their area. And Jocko says, well, just wait, on, we, let me go check this out. And they think he's absolutely crazy. So he goes down out of the building, walks to the other side where the firefight is. And obviously he's doing his due diligence, checking his back and everything. And it's crazy, but risking his life. And then he walks into the door and he sees the other SEAL leader. And he realizes... It's friendly fire. He realizes that it's blue on blue. And they're fighting each other. And people's lives are at stake. They miscommunicated. They lost touch in the darkness. And it was friendly fire. He says this, it was blue on blue, I said to him. Blue on blue, friendly fire, fratricide. The worst thing that could possibly happen in battle. 
To be killed or wounded by the enemy was bad enough. But to be accidentally killed or wounded by friendly fire was the most horrible fate. It was also a reality. I had heard, I'm reading now, I had heard the story of X-ray platoon from SEAL Team 1 in Vietnam. The squad split up on a night patrol in the jungle, lost their bearings, and when they bumped into each other again in the darkness, they mistook each other for the enemy and opened up with gunfire. A ferocious firefight ensued, leaving one of their own dead and several wounded. That was the last X-ray platoon in the SEAL teams. Henceforth, the name was banished. It was a curse and a lesson. Friendly fire was completely unacceptable in the SEAL teams. And now it had just happened to us, my SEAL task unit. Why do I share that? Because when I was thinking about this message... I thought about the amount of times I see fighting that goes on that's blue on blue. It has nothing to do with the color. It has everything to do with we're fighting ourselves. And this I'm not even talking about the United States of America. I'm talking about the ecclesia, the church. And I, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to interrupt this morning to say we're on the same team. We are God Almighty. This is such a burden of mine. When we're talking the way that we talk, we're on the same team. It's blue on blue. It's church and church, not church against church. It's the church. It's God's church. It's God's bride. Come on, somebody. Because... And blue on blue is the worst thing that we can possibly do as a church. It's, it's the worst thing we can possibly do as a church. It's one thing to be taken out by the enemy. It's one thing to be taken out in battle. For your bravery in the midst of your courage. That you fought the good fight of faith. You finished the work. But it's another thing. <sighs> to be fighting a battle unnecessary. To be, to be fighting against your friends. To be fighting against your real brother. And your real sister. <sighs> that, that we call to stand in agreement. That I would stand in agreement with you. That I would stand in agreement with whatever you're going through. Wherever you've been. I know you've taken advantage of grace in the past. But I'm going to still stay with you. I'm with you till the end. This is scripture. This is this. The covenant. This is the agreement. That his word will never pass away. That his agreement, that his pledge, that him shaking hands with you, you can count on it. And I want to live like it. And I want to be in relationship like it. Oh, where am I? Romans chapter 8. Let's just go there and we'll finish with this. Maybe, maybe... <laughs> Mm. Thank you. 
Uh, guys, I just want, I, you know, you have, you have plans, but I want, I want to listen to the Lord and what he wants for this. Um, mm. I feel like he's interrupted um, in a good way. Jesus says to Peter, you know not what spirit you're of. I want you, I want you to just think, I want you to just think about that. I'm going to pray real quick. Lord, Lord, we... We want to follow you and your spirit and your leading, your drawing. We realize that we have made mistakes in our own understanding. We have fought brothers and sisters. We've taught, and it's, and it's not even physically fought. We've fought with our mouths. We've fought with our minds and our thoughts. Whatever you loose, be loosed in heaven. Let it loose. Release. Take a second and release. God, I release it. I release any of the resentment. I release any of the bitterness. I release the pain. I release the hurt from the church. I release the hurt from pastors. I release the hurt from uh, dads and moms. I release what they said over to me. I'm coming out of agreement and coming into agreement with the things of God. I'm not, I don't want to be skeptical anymore. I don't want to be critical anymore. I don't want to fight a battle unnecessary where my burden is too strong to carry. For your burden is light. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Come to Jesus, all you who work, all you who labor, all you who feel that heaviness, all you who feel that heaviness, let it be released in the name of Jesus. Find your peace. Find your hope. Find your security right in the hands of the Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We ask for a release of your spirit. We keep the unity of your spirit in the name of Jesus. All all else, all the hindrance, let it flee. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. For this to take place, for us to be able to stand in agreement again, we must come into agreement in our own lives with the things of God. There's things we've came into agreement with that will constantly hinder how our relationships go from here on out. Let's just say, for example, I have a lot of examples here, but one thing is I've come into agreement with the enemy in that I'll never be good enough. That God has made a mistake with me. That God doesn't see me, know me, care for me. I deserve this. I deserve the chains. I deserve to rot. I don't deserve life, let alone abundant life. I don't deserve to walk in freedom. My heart is broken. My family destroyed. My work is worthless. My future, hopeless. You need to come out of agreement with that. 
come out of agreement with that because it not only affects you, it affects everyone around you. And you need to come into agreement that you are a child of the living God, a royal priesthood, that all your sins, gone. And you're a carrier of the presence of Jesus himself. You have authority on your life that he's given you in the name of Jesus. You can speak in his name and mountains move. You are anointed and God's got good plans and purposes for you. He knows your name. He speaks to your heart. He's your father and your father is the king of all kings. So I should stay in like it. I should talk like it. I should walk like it. Oh, come on somebody. Be in agreement with what he says who he calls you that's who you are and that's where I'll stand that's the heart of Jesus anything that gets in that way man it's not for you come out of agreement Jesus says in Luke chapter 12 I've come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled I want you to think of this about coming out of agreement I have a baptism to undergo what constraint I am under until it is completed. Now, again, Jesus, oh, this almost sounds like, you know, if you, if you have a good argument, you want to bring the other side, the opposite side. And when you're writing an essay or something, they teach you that in school still? I think so. It's like how to strengthen your arguments by bringing in an opposite side. And this might be what they say. And they say, well, Jesus said, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? Now I tell you but division. And I'm here to tell you, I think what Jesus is trying to tell you is that there's some things, some people that you got to come out of agreement with because he's got a fire that he has to undergo. He's got a purpose. You have a direction that you got to take. And, and you can't be, in, look, from now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Jesus ultimately wants unity, but I want you to think of this in the context of coming out of agreement. Three against two, two against three, they will be divided. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law, and against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Do not suppose in Matthew 10, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace in that regard, in that context to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So in essence, we're not supposed to be in agreement with the world. Agreement with the church, not in agreement with the world. The Spirit comes and the Spirit divides. The Word divides, pierces. So what are you in agreement with? What are you in agreement with? I hope you're in agreement with your brothers and sisters in this church. I hope you're in agreement with the Word of God and what He says about you. Romans chapter 8 God is interceding for you, for us. This leads us with our, uh, skipped around a lot. I, um, did the Lord speak to you today? Amen. amen, amen, I believe it. And I believe, let this be one of those that he speaks to you after even more. Which leads me to this, the, the power of how to stand in agreement. I want to bring back some words that maybe we've forgotten. Intercession and anointing. Intercession and anointing. Who are you praying for? So I've come to find that it's hard to stay against somebody that you're praying for. Intercession is praying on behalf. 
And I think there's things that we don't even realize that God says that we're able to do and we don't realize what's happening in the spirit when we do it. So sometimes we just give up. But I want to encourage you with this. If you want to come alongside me in this call of standing in agreement, I want to challenge you with this intercession. And I'm going to read Romans chapter 8. But what about anointing? Anointing is something on your life, and I don't claim that this is the exact definition or whatever. This is what I get. Something on your life from the Lord. A favor. A hand of God. An oil on your life that comes in the name of Jesus. There's an anointing on your life. There's an anointing on your life. And it's not anything different than your father wants to give that he gave to Jesus. I just have this, some, for if you're listening on the podcast right now, <laughs> there's an anointing on your life. Blow, Holy Spirit. Oh, a fresh wind, a fresh wind. Establish my brother listening to this right now or my sister. There's an anointing on your life. It's called to steward and it's a favor. And it's a favor that the church wants to take part in. Wow. Okay, Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness. Let's have the band come. Will you guys come? In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself is in agreement with us, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind... Are we, are we there, Romans chapter 8? intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Chapter 20, or verse 27. Chapter 8, verse 27. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he's interceding for the saints. Gosh, I think his prayer works. I think the Spirit's praying for you. I think it's going to work. <laughs> I think it's going to work. Someone say it's going to work. <laughs> And he's interceding for you. And we know in that context that God causes all things to work together for the good. To those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. And for those whom, think of this as the collective whole. As we stand in agreement. L-O-H. As you stand in agreement. For those whom he foreknew. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. So that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined. He knew this moment was going to happen. We just have to respond. He predestined. 
predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he will also, also glorify. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, as we stand in agreement, as you stand in agreement with his word, as you stand in agreement with your husband and wife, you stand in agreement with your family, you stand in agreement with your church. God is for you. God is with you. God wants you to succeed. He wants his plans, his will to happen in your life. Somebody say amen. Come on, say amen. Amen. And he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also, along with him, freely give us all things? His hands are open today. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, praying for you. Come on, can you stand? Let's stand. He is praying for you. And his prayers are going to work. His prayers are going to work. I think we should have a new sign out in the front of the door that says, He is for you. He is for you. And we are for you. You ever had a coach that was for you? How different you play? When Coach Eric set me aside his sophomore year, varsity, and said, we need you to shoot the best game of my life. We need you to shit the ball. <laughs> you know, how you play, how light you get. I remember when I was a kid and Pastor Tim said, the Lord's not into disqualifying you. Man, that released so much pressure and burden off my life. He's not waiting for you to cross the line to say, see, there it is. He's gone. The Lord is for you. <laughs> and we ought to be for people. I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for your family. I'm for your kids. I'm for your marriage. I'm for your life. I'm for you, man. Gosh. All those dreams, all those aspirations, all the desires of your heart, I want them to fulfill them. So don't fall for that lizard, little, lizard, whatever. Yeah, he's a lizard, whatever that is. That poisonous serpent to steal and kill and hinder and paralyze and restrict and constrict your life. Walk in freedom. Like Superman, take it. <laughs> Clark Kent to Superman. Let it go. For how good and pleasant it is when God's, next last slide, 
when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant when God's people live together in unity. It's almost like we can jump around. It's almost like I can I can just celebrate and I can and and I'm not a hugger to people I don't know, but in the presence of God I could I could hug you. I get like like it looses me up. It gives me It's good and pleasant. It's good and pleasant. It's good and pleasant. It is like the precious oil. This is the anointing. This is where the anointing flows. It is like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, down on the high priest's beard, Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It's the anointing that's upon you. It's like when Peter got up and spoke and the anointing, the Spirit was not only in him, but it came upon him. It came upon him. The anointing comes upon. When we stand as unity, it comes like honey dripping from the rooftops. It it comes, and it's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, and you just become blessed because of it. You just become blessed because of the anointing. You just become blessed because you're in the house. You become blessed. Come on, somebody. You become blessed just because of the residue of what's around. So get in the house. Stand united. Stand in agreement. And watch the honey flow. Watch the oil flow. Let it flow down on you, brother. I just say amen. I just say amen to what you want to do, God, now as we sing about you being with us, you being for us, God. However we want to respond, I pray that you do it in freedom. Whatever act you desire to do, as you want to stand in agreement, maybe it's hold his Bible. Maybe you want to hold his Bible. Maybe you want to come to the front and stand and just say, I'm I'm standing in agreement. I'm standing in agreement with the church. I'm standing in agreement. I'm coming out of agreement, and I'm coming into agreement, the things God wants me to. Amen? Lord, bless your people. I know you're going to. Bless your people. Keep your people. Make your face shine upon them in the name that's above every name. Someone say Jesus. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.